We're going to be going to the book of Isaiah this morning, the prophet of Isaiah. And as we do, as we get set, I want to just give thanks. Jordan and Ashley, welcome again to our team. Welcome to the, for those of you I got to meet, Jordan and Ashley have been a part of our church for a few months now, and they are gracious to offer their gifts in this way. And so we thank God for them and for all of you who participate throughout the worship service in various ways. We give thanks for all of you. If you have any musical inclinations, Brittany would love to know that, right, Brittany? Yeah. <laughs> we celebrate with Brittany as she is graduating from the University of Mobile. Congratulations. <laughs> Brittany did her senior project last week, um, Thursday, a week ago, and there were a number of people from the church that went out to University of Mobile to support her. It was great. She did a multicultural night of worship for both of her majors. Of, Worship leadership and um, international studies. It was so cool to see people from our church. Jerry was there um, representing Dwell and talking about the Dwell ministry that we partner with here. And it was just a, a great time. So we give thanks for all these things, um, for the ways in which God is moving in our community. We're going to be reading from three different sections in Isaiah. They're very short verses, but it's a thread. So we're picking up a thread that the prophet offers us this morning. And so we're gonna be in chapter 49, 42, and 66. I'm gonna read them all. We're gonna come back to them in just a little bit, okay? So we're gonna start with 49, verses 15 and 16. All right. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Isaiah 42, verses 14 through 16 say this. For a long time, I have kept silent. I've been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp and pant. I will lay waste to the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetations. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. And Isaiah 66, verses 12 and 13 say this. For this is what the Lord says. All right, this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on in her arm and dandled on her knee. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. I don't typically recap too much week to week, even within a series. I, like, I think sermons, for the most part, stand on their own, but when we do a series, they kind of carry themes from the beginning to the end. This is a three-week series we're in called Outward and Visible. And I did wanna go over two things from last week. Two things from last week that will also inform our conversation today. The first is the phrase means of grace. Means of grace. So within our church, in our Wesleyan tradition, we talk about the ways in which God encounters the world. God encounters us, offers us grace, and so we call the ways in which God offers grace, the means of grace, the means by which we receive grace. Now, the means of grace, they're varied. There's many of them. God can give grace however God wants to. God might speak to you through the music on Caleb on the way to school. 
God might speak to you while you read the scripture. God often speaks to me through the people in my life. There's another way we talk about grace, the means of grace, that are a little bit different, and they're called sacraments. In the Methodist church, we have two sacraments, and the word sacrament literally uh, means that the, or our definition for the, for the word sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. When we use the word sacrament, what we're saying is that we see an outward and visible sign. We can see something physical, tangible, something that we can taste, touch, smell, something like bread, something like juice or wine, an outward and visible sign of something inward, something God is doing that we can't see something that is deep within us, that is transforming our lives. The difference between a sacrament and all the other means of grace is this. It's very simple. Is that in communion and baptism, we talked about communion last week, we'll talk about baptism next week, we know that God's grace, the full measure of God's grace is always there every time. Every time you come to this table, this is why we do it every week, God's grace is offered to you freely and fully for the forgiveness of sins. God's grace is evident, it is palpable, it is tangible, and it is always here. Even if we don't experience, understand what we're experiencing fully, even if it's a mystery that doesn't fully make sense to us, God's grace is always here. Other forms of the means of grace, other forms of the ways which God communicate to us, it might not always be that way. As a person who loves worship, I love contemporary worship, I love passion, I used to go to the passion conferences and Hillsong conferences, I love them, I love going to those. As a college student, I encounter God in such meaningful ways at some of those worship services, some of those experiences. But then I realized that there are also times where I go to those and I don't experience God, or at least not in the same way. We often talk about, like, I don't feel God anymore which might just mean that God's trying to speak to us in new ways or that God is speaking in new ways and we're not searching for it. But I'm quick to say, well, God is not there for me anymore. I think what I'm trying to say is, I know that I've experienced the grace of God there before, but now it's different. And so though when you come to the table and when you experience baptism, God's grace is always the same. It's always evident, it's always the same. Other times when you read the scriptures or whenever you talk to a mentor, sometimes God's grace is overwhelming. And other times, you don't experience it in the ways that you thought you might or the ways that you have in the past. And so this morning, instead of looking at specifically one of the sacraments, because we're gonna finish next week with baptism, I would like to talk about that idea of the means of grace in the more broad sense, how we experience God's grace in other ways, and particularly this morning, from those in our lives who act like mothers. So will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Have you ever learned something new about a subject for which you've been familiar with before? Like you've known something about something, whatever it might be, and then you learn something new about it, like food. So my classic example is food. Most of my analogies can break down to my love for food, particularly Oreos, as I, as I think about it, as a child, I've, I've always known a lot about food because I like food. I like to eat. I just do. It's, it's you know, my favorite pastime. And so as a child, I knew that I, what I liked and what I didn't like. I knew that I liked macaroni and cheese, and I knew that I did not like rutabagas. 
It was very simple for me. This was knowledge that I had. I knew all about the different types of food. I knew that there were chips. I knew there were cookies. I knew there were cakes. I knew that there were lollipops. I knew that there were milk duds. Like I knew about the different food categories. I knew what I liked. (laughs) I knew what I didn't like. But then, as I got a little bit older, I learned something new. I learned how to cook food. And this is a whole new form of knowledge. This is a whole new experience. This is a whole new wealth of information about a subject for which I've been very familiar. And I learned um, that if you broil cheese toast and then go play Sonic the Hedgehog, that it doesn't go well. Like, you forget that you've left it in the broiler. I, I learned that um, Hot Pockets, when they come out of the microwave, are essentially molten lava in a little puff pastry with the occasional like ice brick that you just bite into and it breaks a tooth. I learned all about how to cook food and it changed my, my wealth of information. And then as I got a little bit older, I learned a whole new realm of knowledge about food. I learned how much it costs. And that's just a whole different ballgame. I learned that to, to, I've always known I liked asparagus. I've always known that I liked my dad to buy me asparagus when we went to restaurants. And now I know that I don't buy asparagus when I go to restaurants because you know, it's a lot more expensive than if you buy it in a bunch at the grocery store or if your dad pays for it for you. That's the way life is, right? You know something about something and then you, you journey, things change, you grow up and you learn something new about something very familiar and things change. That's, that's the way our faith is, right? When we're young, we learn that there's this thing called the Bible and people teach us stories. We're told about Jesus. We're taught that there is a God. And then we get a little bit older and we learn how to read and we encounter the Bible very differently and realize that there's a lot more in that book than just the stories that we learned as children. We also learned about Christ, but it's a very different thing than experiencing Christ, is it not? And then throughout life, we have different God interactions that change how we understand who God is and what God does. It makes, life makes us question things that we thought were normal before when we learn something new. Like when we experience tragedy and we're asking why God? Where are you, God? It's a whole new form of knowledge, is it not? I find all these things to be true about, um, about life in general, and particularly as we're here on Mother's Day and we celebrate Mother's Day. When I was a child, all I knew about motherhood or the qualities of what a mother was, was what I observed and experienced from my own mother. My mother who loves me still to this day, who cared for me and and taught me right from wrong. You know, we're doing a live stream. I feel like I should be like a game show contestant. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. (laughs) My mom actually taught some people in this room, second grade, yep. Um, And so like I observed what it meant to be a mother from my own mother. And then I got a little bit older and I learned something completely new about motherhood. I learned that, that you can, someone can be a mother to you even if they didn't give you birth. I had someone in my life, her name is Leanne Boykin. She was my youth pastor and she was like my second mother. She helped raise me, she took care of me and she's still like a mother to me. She now lives down the street. Her husband is a senior pastor at Ashland Place um, and she helped Brianna throw, a, she brought the chocolate for a surprise party for my 30th birthday, Brianna threw this week, and she was still taking care of bringing chocolate for the chocolate fountain. And, um, and then we went and played trivia with her on Thursday night, her and her family. And there's someone in my life who didn't give birth to me, but is still very much like a mother. And now, once again, as I've gotten older and new things are happening, I'm experiencing motherhood in a whole new way. I'm learning about the qualities of a mother 
not by experience, but by observation. By seeing the woman I love offering love for this child that is now over a year old. Something I've known my entire life, I've known that I've known what it's like to have a mom. I've known what it's like to have other people in my life who are like a mother. And now watching my wife be a mom, it, it has changed me. I am changed. Over the past 14 months, my life has changed. We learn things, we go through things, and it changes us, does it not? Last year on Mother's Day, I was preparing to be here in worship, and we showed up, and then we rushed to the hospital because August wasn't breathing. We had this crazy episode where we were in the ER, and it was terrifying, and we were exhausted and crying hysterically, and, and it changes you. It just does. Life experiences changes us, and yet God is working in and through all of life's experiences, whether it's through new knowledge that we've gained on our own, whether it's through experiences we've had or things that we've observed, God is shaping us and molding us and and explaining and showing us new things. And now that I see this selflessness of motherhood, now that I observe in a very different way, when when August is going crazy, August is our daughter, when, when she's going crazy and Throwing, throwing things and crying and poopy blowout just everywhere and foods all over the floor and the dogs are all trying to get the food and everything is just nuts. And then my wife is like, I love you. It's okay. It's gonna be all right. I love you. And I'm like, hey, everybody be quiet right now. <laughs> and Brianna's like, I love you. It's okay. I am reminded of what God's grace looks like. I'm reminded from these qualities of motherhood what it means to experience the means of grace. As we turn back to our scriptures this morning from the prophet Isaiah, we're exploring our text in a very different way than normal. Normally, I'll pick a a story or it'll be the lectionary, it'll be assigned to us and we'll journey from the first verse till the end, right? We kind of go line by line or else we just cover the whole story. But we did a little bit jumping this morning, which is not normal for me. But I did that, um, we, we picked these texts because there is a thread in Isaiah. There's a thread throughout scripture, but Isaiah really does it the most where they, he uses, the prophet Isaiah uses these analogies to describe God and comparing God to qualities like a mother. We don't talk about this often because we do refer to God as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we often talk about the father-like qualities of God and how God is our heavenly father. And yet here in this text, in the Bible, we are given this very clear, explicit description of these qualities where all those in need, God as a mother doth speed. When a prophet speaks, um, it is speaking, he is speaking on behalf of God. In the Bible, typically whenever you read it and it says, the Lord said this, it is something that God has communicated to a prophet and the prophet is communicating it to the people. Sometimes God shows up and speaks directly, like on Mount Sinai with a cloud, like in the transfiguration, God will show. But often, especially in prophetic literature, God, is, has, God has somebody speaking for God. Right? The word prophet literally means a mouthpiece of God. And so right here in the text, in our first reading, it said, can a mother forget the baby at her breast? And have no compassion on the child she has born. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And that second text says, 
For a long time I've kept silent, I've been quiet and held back, but now like a woman in childbirth, I cry out and gasp and pant. I lay waste to the mountains. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will guide the blind. And the, the reason God compares God's self, the reason or Isaiah's using these words about God is because God wants to care for those who are hurting. As he goes on to say, I will lead the blind by the ways they have not known and unfamiliar paths. I will turn darkness into light before them. And the last one we read, to me, this is the most powerful and where I want us to sit the rest of this morning. The last one, the Lord says, this is what the Lord says. As a mother comforts her child, so I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to a people who have been exiled or the people who have been kicked out of their homeland, the people who are, are being persecuted and who are a lost. And God says to these people who are lost, as a mother comforts her child, so I comfort you. We don't speak about these things a lot, and this is not from any type of agenda. This is not from any type of trying to convert anybody in any way of thinking. We, don't, we just don't talk about these scriptures a lot, which is crazy because our tradition um, upholds these things. Our tradition celebrates these things. That song we sang a minute ago, that's a hymn from our hymnal. We don't sing a lot of hymns in here, <laughs> but in the hymnal of the United Methodist Church, there is this beautiful song, and to me, it's my favorite hymn of all time. And the reason why I remember it is because at my ordination service, we were singing this hymn and like this big organ and this big cathedral and then it, the organ cuts out and all these preachers are singing, um, let the amen sound from God's people again. And this hymn is just a beautiful part of our faith. We sing it regularly in our church and it has this verse in it that says, to all those in need, God as a mother doth speed. It and these scriptures recognize that those who are mothers in our lives, those who act like mothers in our lives, are and can be a means of grace. And so as we hear on Mother's Day this morning talking about just this idea that God gives us grace, I want to give thanks to all of you, all of you who act like mothers in the lives of so many all of you who love unconditionally and all of you who are giving of your own selves, those of you who are mothers to animals, to tiny humans, or to people who are grown and moved on, those of you who are trying to shine light into the darkness, who are offering hope to hopeless, you are acting like a mother to so many in need. They might be your own children and they might be the children of this church or the children of this world, but you are a means of grace. Through you, I have experienced God's love. Through you, this world is being transformed. If God's grace is manifested and offered to us in various ways, then I celebrate this one this morning. I'm thankful for the Bible, I'm thankful for music, I'm thankful for worship, I'm thankful for all those things that God communicates God's grace. But this morning in particular, on this Mother's Day, I give thanks for all of you who act like a mother to someone else. 
to all of you who are mothers, to all of you who are trying to show the world compassion, who are being, as Isaiah describes God, more holy, you are God's grace. And I give thanks for that. And that's all I've really got to say this morning. (laughs) That in this time of ups and downs at our church and in our world, at these times of transition and grief, at these experiences of loss and at these days that are ahead of us, the comfort you offer is God's grace to this place and to these people and to me. And on this Mother's Day, all I have to say is thank you. I give thanks to God for you, that you are allowing God to use you to make God's presence known on earth as it is in heaven. Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks for this new knowledge that we are coming into at different phases of life. We give you thanks that we are learning what it means to be more holy and to observe your holy presence. We are learning about how your grace is at work in our lives and how you are transforming us. And this morning, God, we give thanks for all of those who are offering your grace to this world, who are showing compassion who are caring for the lost, who are comforting the afflicted, who are trying to be holy as you are holy. And we ask, Lord, that you forgive us in those times where we fail to be an obedient church. Forgive us for the times in which we have broken your law, we have rebelled against your love, we have not heard the cry of the needy, we have not been a neighbor. Forgive us, we pray, and free us for joyful obedience to you, Jesus Christ, our Lord, now and forever. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.